0: Welcome to my world. I'm your host Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, June 5th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all today. We have no theme. We have no guests. I have nothing whatsoever to talk about this morning, so you better call. I, uh, I checked out again on the weekend. I didn't watch any news. I didn't do any, uh, any reading really at all. Uh, I've got some things going on in the news I could talk about, but I'd much rather find out what you're, what's on your mind. So pick up the phone and join us. 855-950-3835. Phone lines are open right now. I'm just going to sit here in silence and wait for your calls. Just kidding. It doesn't work very well on radio. Um, so uh, I really have taken a total break from the news. Uh, I scrolled a couple headlines this morning, saw some things that are a little concerning, but uh, nothing really changed from when I was reading the news every day. I'm just less stressed and happier. So I'll keep an eye on the big picture, but uh, really taking a break from news overload these days. So I spent all weekend in the garden again. Um, the weather here is absolutely perfect for the garden. We had a little bit of a heat spell early, um, was a little hard on some of the colder weather crops but now we're getting those cold nights nice sunny warm low humidity days and the garden is just absolutely thriving. I can't believe how much stuff I've got planted. I just keep expanding the boundaries. I'm almost out of room but I've got a lot of stuff in the ground so a lot going on. Uh, Garlic scapes we're harvesting, peas we're harvesting, asparagus is actually over now. I harvested a lot of that, but I got to let it grow. Uh, A lot of spring onions, getting ready to do the whole onion crop. Uh, I spent this entire weekend, it really took me a long time this time. I planted 70 tomato plants over the weekend. I didn't have any tomatoes in the ground yet, but I had some big tomato plants in containers. So I had to really dig. I've got these tomatoes about two feet into the ground. They should have huge root balls and they should be nice and steady in the wind. That's a big issue here. So that's really, uh, that was my whole weekend uh, out in the garden and it was wonderful. So we've, uh, we've actually got a pretty quiet June. I don't think we have any guests scheduled till the very end of June. I think I saw June 28th for guests coming up. I've got uh, some new shows I'm working on in the background. The biggest challenge with my show ideas right now is just time. Uh, The schedule's filling up fast. We're really trying to get to the point where we work out a more permanent schedule going forward. I know I've been playing around with some things and moving things around. That's getting ready for our broadcast app. We're either gonna finish it up here well, not finish it up, but get it launched uh, and start using it soon, or we may have to step back and start all over. But even if we do, it will go pretty fast. The reason we might take a step back, I think we're going to try to meet on it this week, is because of how much AI has changed, well, it's changed everything but really anything in the digital world. So the average person right now could have no idea what's happened in the last six months with AI. There'd be no reason for you to know if you weren't following this. There's no obvious signs that, AI is growing like crazy. If you're in the digital space, you've got to see it. Virtually every piece of software, every website, every platform is rushing to implement AI in some form. Uh, Almost every platform we deal with online uh, is implementing AI. And it's happening pretty quickly. Apps will be changing. Software will be changing. Hopefully, we don't see a huge um, shift away from human beings in the workforce. Right now, I think knowledge workers are the most at risk. The more, how do I want to say this, the more generic your knowledge base can be, or, you know, I'm thinking of, of the law and attorneys here where really the entire knowledge base is, is written. I mean, we have law books and law cases going back a hundred years and that's really what lawyers are paid for is understanding how the law was implemented in the past and then building a case around that and and that all that data is there that seems like a prime area for ai to really put people out of work uh, law clerks Lawyers themselves, uh, it seems like a lot of that legal work could be done by AI. And a lot of legal work is very, very repetitive and, uh, you know, kind of office labor intense. There's one area I've talked about doctors. I really think that uh, you're going to see a lot of AI replacing doctors, which is kind of scary, but maybe not because if we look at our medical system, I don't know, it's like the fourth or fifth leading cause of death in this country. I, I, every time I say that, I'm shocked. Wait a minute, that's the system that's supposed to keep us alive and healthy. Why is it killing us? And nobody ever seems to talk about that. Medical mistakes, medical errors, um, prescription errors, surgery errors, mixing up body parts, all kinds of crazy stuff. People die in the medical system it really really needs help you know we call it the sick care system and i've said that it's amazing for trauma but you have to be careful with trauma if you're in the wrong place there's some fairly poor outcomes anytime you are connected to the um to the medical system itself i see calls coming in i need to refresh here um morgan are you seeing the calls coming in oh there we go okay um So I, I mentioned last week that I may have an AI show ready, and I kind of do. I've got an outline. I've got a theme and a format for it. I've just got to find a time that's going to work. I, I'm thinking maybe Monday. If I do that, I'm going to limit. So I'm really trying to work within my three-hour window for most days, for most shows. I'm I'm going to end up going over that if I did three hours a week could be 15 hours. I'll probably set like 20 hours of radio time for the week and then try to squeeze everything in. So some shows may end up being bi-weekly, some shows may end up being once a month if I can squeeze some things in. I have lots of show ideas, not enough time in the schedule, so that's what I've got to work on. All right. So I asked for phone calls. They're coming in. We're going to get to them right now. If you want to jump in and join us, 855-950-3835. It is a free for all. Anything goes for you right now. So let's get to the phones. We're going to get started in Iowa. Austin, welcome to the program. Hey, good morning, Kevin. How are you doing? Doing good. What's on your mind
1: today? I I just wanted to call, let you know about my weight loss. I've lost a 30 pounds in about a month and a half doing the carnivore diet. Isn't that incredible?
2: Oh, it is, man. And the, the reason why I went on there, and this kind of ties into your uh, AI replacing doctors, uh, I went on a, a pill from the VA called Eupropion, I believe it was. And Kevin, it shot my blood pressure up to like 175 over 150, I believe it was. Yikes. And... Yeah. Scared the hell out of me. Um, but now I got it down. Right now I'm down to 134 over 82 Good. since I've started doing the carnivore diet. Good. And I'm not looking back, you know. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome.
0: Congratulations. So yeah, I just wanted to call and tell you about that. And also
3: thank
2: you for the knowledge that you put out too.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. Isn't it just crazy mm-hmm. that Everything the medical system is doing anymore is just making us sicker and weaker and dumber. And it's so, I want to say easy because it really is. Once you have the knowledge, once you know what you should be eating, then the only real trick is avoiding the temptation of all the highly processed crap we used to eat. But if you stick to real food and the more animal products we eat, It is just incredible story after story of how healthy people get, not just weight loss. You're going to start, you're a month into this. Lisa and I are almost nine years into this and things continue to improve. That's the crazy part of this. We're, you know, we're at 60 now. I, I thought it was incredible when during my 50s, I started to feel better than I used to in my 20s. And here I am, 60, and things are still getting better.
1: And I'm just a young buck. I'm only 29. I turned oh, 30 awesome. in September. So Awesome. I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to call, and uh, thank you for that
0: and let you know about my journey so far. Well, Congratulations, and thanks for the feedback. I love when I hear young people doing this. I I look back and think, man, if I could have done this in my 20s, actually what I think about is how much better my wrestling career might have been had I known this in my teens, or had I been raised with this. You know, I I will tell you, if, if you do this yourself, if you really start eating this way yourself, you create a huge advantage for yourself. Get your kids started, and they are going to have incredible advantages over children who are eating the garbage. All of the highly processed crap that just keeps coming. Now it's, you know, it used to just be all the carbohydrate heavy foods, but now with all the fake meat and fake cheese and fake everything, it's all the food now is just just garbage. Let's uh, let's go to Michigan. Tim, welcome to the program.
4: Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Doing good. What's on your mind today? Great. Uh, listen, uh, it's been a long time since I've talked and uh, uh, been on the cruise ship selling art, and it's flying oh. off the shelves. It's getting crazy, uh, and uh, it's uh, so I haven't had a chance to list, listen as often as possible. I've been overseas, done South Africa, done Europe. I mean, it's just wow. And people are buying art, Kevin. It. It's insane. Same, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, good. <laughs> the dietary good. aspect of it is terrible, but you know. <laughs> so I'm starting to see, I'm starting to see this AI incorporate into the fine art world. Now it's different because you said you mentioned about the attorneys and and all the law books. Well, that's data that's been inputted, and the AI can go ahead and retrieve it and coordinate and connect dots to the best result or the best solution. Whereas creativity. Kevin, I'm seeing these guys do this. They'll get their style. They may have a style. And they'll incorporate 50% Leonardo da Vinci with a touch of Van Gogh with some abstract. I cannot compete with that creativity. And I've tried it. I played around with it. And within nine seconds, it's spitting something out.
0: So here's the crazy it's thing. It's, I'm glad you called about art. I'm having a hard yeah. time getting my head, although now I'm not, it's starting to come together for me. And what you just talked about, we're going to see across all forms of creativity, the, yep. the, the legal stuff, the medical stuff, real estate, where there's lots of regulations and it's clear those things, it was are concrete, yeah. right? Right. It's it's. There's right and wrong, and it's pretty clear what's right and wrong. Now, I'm going to throw a third area out here, so we could talk about professions or jobs where it's clear. There's law. There's regulations. That's a slam dunk. AI will be is already replacing people, and it's going to happen fast in those areas because it's pretty black and white in a lot of ways. Then we, we're going to talk about creativity, but then there's also this area of opinion and things like politics and that is just that's a mess in my opinion and i'm trying to get people to understand when you're talking about something like politics or climate change or these big picture things where there are no clear facts there are so many variables there's so many possibilities the problem there is is we should just ignore AI in those areas completely, because AI in, in those areas is going to be like a person. It's pure opinion. And whoever programmed Absolutely. the AI and whatever data set the AI has been learning on, it will be just as opinionated as any human
4: being. And that's how we have to so remember how, that. So then- so then what has changed then because if the ai has an awareness or if the or if the ai has a slant like the general liberal media does well then we're not going to be fed anything the correct, correct. way anyhow correct right? that, so that's it's, the it's, problem so garbage, I see. garbage out
0: right so so that's one of the problems with ai is it's just going to make the information in in opinion based stuff where we don't have clear facts well here's another good example I guarantee you if we go down the road of some damn virus again with masks and vaccines, the AI is going to be all over the masks and the lockdowns and the vaccines because that's the way big pharma and the media and everybody else was. We're not going to get a lot of, you know, the other side of that issue. So that's oh, a place where it will be a AI is just going to make a mess. Yeah, exactly. Right. We'll have a digital Fauci right. because that's the data that it's going to be trained on. Sure. And then, of course, so then on, a, on a smaller scale, you may have, you know, data sets and AI that, that trains more on the data that I look at. But they're going to be minor and you're going to have to go look for them because the media will squelch those.
4: That's exactly right. You will be an extreme minority. Well, that will never be on the radar. Right. So, so let's get back to creativity then, because people are. Oh my God! Look at so, how beautiful this artwork is. But now, I, I, you can't compete with that. But the crazy thing is, the people are considering it original art because the artist had to dictate what percent so, and what kind of art. They made a decision. So I talked made about this decision. all last made week quen-
0: it, myself. Okay, and. You know, when you look at this, I, I am a content creator. I, that's what I do. I create, I've written a book, I've created courses, I've do webinars, seminars, that that data that I present primarily is mine. I mean, I didn't invent all of these ideas, whether Understood. it's fuel mileage or health or whatever, but I've certainly put a lot of time and effort into research and testing and I've formed opinions. Absolutely. So... I, it, it's, I can look at this and I could panic and say, oh, my God, if somebody really put their mind to it and sat down and figured out these AI tools, which I've been doing, by the way, since you haven't been listening, I should probably let you know. I started dedicating like three to five hours a day to AI research. I did about hear a, that last, yeah. Yep. I, I am just almost overwhelmed. No, I'm not almost. I am overwhelmed by it. It's part of why I quit reading the news other than AI news. But it, it's just from one week to the next, I was following 36 newsletters. And then all of a sudden I'm following 52 newsletters.
4: So it's happening. Why do you do that to yourself? Why do you do that stuff? Because and, you know what? I turned off the news two and a half years ago and the only news I would get is when I'd hear you talk about something, i go, I can't believe it. I'm trying to get away <laughs> from this noise and you bring it up. I didn't know that there was such stupidity in the world. I didn't know people know. were changing names and things. and all that. I, uh, I'm trying to get away from that, Kevin, and you I keep know. bringing it up. And so, then, and so then you dig deeper into that hole of, of AI. So, but, let but, but let
1: this, let me, so let me tell you why. Let
0: me make a ahead. statement on yeah, why go I'm going to continue doing it. I, the news, I could care less about anymore. AI, I'm all over, and here's why. I've been through multiple technology revolutions. So I've talked about the fact that I was early into computers. I was building PCs back in the 80s out of parts from Radio Shack. I was online on social media in the 80s on bulletin boards and Prodigy. I watched that whole revolution. Companies start out of nothing and become monsters. Dell, you know, Michael Dell selling computers like I was building. Michael Dell was building computers like I was, taking parts, putting them together. He started selling them out of his dorm room. That's Dell computer. Bill Gates dropped out of college, bought a copy of DOS from one of the, (laughs) um, it was uh, IBM, I think, that originally Mm -hmm, wrote DOS, and Bill Gates bought a copy of it, became the richest man in the world. Think about this. Do you know how much money has been made selling domain names? (laughs) way too much. Yeah, exactly. It was a horrible business model as far as I'm concerned, but people got rich, outrageously rich because they understood what a radical new technology and what a disruptor with the internet was going to be. So they started way back when they started buying, right. They, they would buy names like golf.com. You know, and anything like, or they would target brand names that weren't on board yet. You know, somebody might have bought Garmin.com. Because Garmin wasn't on the ball or whoever. Garmin didn't do that. I'm just making things up. Right. Then you got to pay through
4: the nose to get Ah, it back or come up with a different name.
0: We deal with it all the time. I I just had another URL I wanted the other day. It's $5,000 and it's not even owned by anybody. That's sites like GoDaddy now has premium sites.
4: (laughs) So that's exactly right. And so they put a, they put a tag on it. I did a whole series of this, uh, this Kodiak bear called standing bear. And I looked up standing bear and they said it was a fantastic name. They wanted $31,000 right. because it hit so many things. Yep. Really nobody even owned it and they wanted 31 K for standing Screw that. And going back to you saying, following the technology, you're building this stuff in your basement and your garage and all that. That's what I was trying to do as an artist coming up with, you have that lenticular headdress, the, the one I, oh, I, yeah. I, I sent you. You have yeah. that. I, I try to go on the cutting edge, the lenticular, then go on. Now I'm in the AR. I've got, I, you hold up your camera to the painting and the painting comes alive. It's oh, yeah. killer. But yeah. now, so shouldn't I follow suit? Because what I did with that headdress painting you have, I said, all right, I put that into art, AI or whatever it was. And I said, make this headdress steampunk with Leonardo da Vinci <laughs> right. with a touch of this. Right. And then I'm telling you, in 10 seconds, it printed out something so, I could have never done with an I, airbrush or anything I, ever for the last 50 years. Right.
0: Exactly. So, ever. so here's where I am on this. So I, I had to look at this and say, could I be replaced with this? And I don't think I could. Not yet. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'll ever and if I can be, then our entire world is going to change in ways that we can't even begin to predict. But, but here's the way I see it. And I'm going to use art as an example. I suck at art. For, for some reason, things visual like that, design, I'm not just bad, I'm awful. Like, I, I use the example of when graphic programs first came out on computers and everybody sure. thought they were a graphic artist, including myself. It, you know, all of a sudden you got this tool. Oh, look, I can make a flyer. It was horrendous. Yeah. Right, exactly. Remember all that? Yeah. Everybody had 37 yep. different fonts on their flyers just because they Absolutely. could. Absolutely. It was awful. If right. you didn't have that skill or that vision, that graphics program was was worse than worthless because you were creating crap that shouldn't even exist in the world that was so bad
4: understood that's
0: right re- the same thing i've already played around with mid journey and all these art programs and i make atrocious looking crap seriously it is just awful it's slightly better but take somebody like you or somebody that has an eye they are going to create things we've never seen before and, and why would that necessarily be a bad thing? We are taking people who are really good at something and we're giving them a whole new set of tools. I am going to be able to create content that I could not create before. It wasn't possible. Wouldn't have mattered if I would have had a team of people because I don't work very well with teams. I've tried it. I've, I've said, look, I have all Understood. this content in my head. I need a, editor, I need a copywriter, I need a graphic designer, and we just need to get in a room and just crank out this material, except I've tried it and it doesn't work. I don't work well, but all of a sudden with AI, and I'm only playing right now, I have a list of seven potential books I might write, because now (laughs) I can. I've found a tool that I believe I can put out really original content better than I ever could before,
4: right? And all you have to do is hit the return button, and it will be better than anybody that went and got their doctorate and thesis and writing and all these things that spend years and years and years and years. And you're going to hit enter, and it's going to spit it out and be better than anything that anybody's ever done. Only in because, field.
0: only because we're taking the the how do I want to say this? We're taking the Routine stuff, like you just said, the stuff you kind of go learn. Here's the outline of why you design something using odd numbers instead of even, or whatever all those rules sure. are. Those are just rules. They're already written. Everybody has the opportunity to go take those courses. I could take that absolutely. course. I'd still be absolutely. I'd still be awful. I just would. No, you wouldn't. But, I, I, no. I, I but would. But okay, it'd so be the, the same with music. I think there is something intricately different about people who are really good. You can teach somebody the rules and they'll put out okay stuff. They're never going to be Van Gogh. Give Van Gogh some new tool and he'll create things that never existed before.
4: Okay, well, and therein lies the key, and this is going to sound far-fetched and artsy or whatever, and I don't mean it to be, but man, when I'm in the studio and I turn on the music after your show or before, there's an essence about, there's an essence of the painting, there's a flow, there's a feeling, there's an emotion that people depict, and they can text they can, they can feel that, that yes. emotion that's into that painting. I agree. You are going to remove that,
0: but here's the no, thing, though. No, I don't though, think so. Because let, of the rich- let, let me take a step back. So let's say that I just, whatever, you were restricted to only working with pencil. Well, you'd still create great pencil art, right? Yep. But what about watercolors? What about oil? What about sculpting? What, What about all these other tools that you could create
4: different art with? Just look at AI. It's just another tool. Understood, Kevin. I know. I understand that. But then it comes down to the viewer and or the collector, because nine times out of 10, they want to know that the artist touched it. They want to know that oh, the I artist know. brushed put on it. And so, so now you're going to miss that provenance. There's nothing better than the provenance yeah. knowing that I painted it from bumper to bumper, signed it, and you sold it. Here's a photo of me with so- it boom, so you don't have it, that provenance anymore. But
0: you do if you use that tool correctly. You will create something that people still know it's yours, that there's a human here. And somebody I'll else could, could learn I'll all the rules about AI. Like I could. I could go learn all the design. Well, I don't need to learn the design rules anymore. I'll let AI do nope. all of that. Nope. I'll go in exactly. and create art. I'm not going to be able to touch you. Now, here's what I will say. It is going to dramatically reduce the number of people that are putting out really good art. And here's the best example I could come up with, photography. This happened to photography 15 years ago.
4: Absolutely.
0: Right? You've seen it. Uh, yep. People who. Photoshop were, had, had killed off uh, great photographers. And iPhones. The iPhone really yep. put the final <laughs> nail in the coffin, right? Hell, I don't need big, yep. expensive Absolutely. equipment with filters and no. lenses. And no, the software yep. can do all that. I just need to point my iPhone at something and take 30 pictures of it. And that's what happened. Absolute. And are there still photographers out there making money? Uh, there's a few, not that many. I think the same thing's going to happen <laughs> in art.
4: I try to hit these art fairs as much as I can, you know, what? and just to see, because I worked that circuit for a long time. And you know what, all that hard work paid off because the harder you work, the luckier you get. And that's my model. And I don't see where this future is going, especially for photographers, but going back to what you just said, the provenance, you're right. Frank Lloyd Wright, wasn't up there swinging a hammer, laying the shingles. <laughs> right. He designed the Do <laughs> right. You know what I mean? He, 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 he wasn't oh. there with a skill saw cut and putting in door jams. You know what I mean? But yet let, it's a Frank Lloyd White And I get that.
0: Let me give you a good example real world of that. I've talked about this before. My next door neighbor is our architect for our house. And he right. is fantastic. I, this guy's work is so original, so creative. I have, we have the funkiest house. And I, I love that. There's nothing normal about anything. He comes up with these crazy ideas of building stuff. I love the way they look when they're done. They're functional. But then then he decided he should also be the contractor. What a disaster. The Funky House is also the something's always breaking and I can't fix it house. Cause I can't figure out what, how this thing was even built in the first place. I, I've got right, six, right. six electrical boxes and nothing's marked right. So as a contractor, he's a total disaster. He, he, our house isn't finished after six years because he ran out of money that we had already paid him. So it's been six years of trying to get things finished. Uh, so it, it's, he has got this incredible talent in architecture and design and functionality, and he should just stop swinging hammers or paying people to swing hammers because he's awful at it. Yep.
4: Yep. Yep. He has his niche. Why extend yourself right. into something that isn't, Yeah now. Right. Listen, I, I've taken up plenty of your time. Good talking to you again, sir. And I'm listening as much as I can. I'm not at sea. I'm, I'm listening to you in the How, studio. So uh, got to get back to painting. How's Northern Michigan these days? Northern Michigan. I was just up there. Talk about the weather. We had a string of nine days not a single cloud, oh wow, absolutely stunning right there in Torch Lake, phenomenal uh, again, we just we just finished that house about three years ago, and you know what, Kevin? It's never done. I because know. all the bells and whistles know. They, you know what we are for, for the sonos for the Sonos sound system we're we're missing six, and we can't get more of those, so not all the speakers work. all this different nickel and dime shit they just. You Tear your hair out, this house has not been done, and that the amount of money that we've spent, and it's still not done. Well, it's you, I,
0: I feel your pain. I have a mixed Sonos and um Alexa system all over, all over the <laughs> house. To... And I, <laughs> one day, everything's working, and then one, one day you'll say, Uh, Alexa, play this. I, I can't, I don't have that skill. Wait a minute, you had it yesterday.
4: Right. What happened? Right. I'll be damned if I don't go back to my vinyl and just put this <laughs> big huge speaker like my dorm room or something like that. I mean, but Bo- what, you know, what it's were just they, yeah. a light switch that goes on and off.
0: Bose nine oh ones, right?
2: You remember the three oh one and
4: the nine oh one? Yeah, I was a yep. freshman, so all I could have is the three oh one. There you but go. But then you know the corner the corner tweeter kind of tilted a little bit so you could direct the tweet. It was awesome. Right. So remember that? Yeah, man. If you had a
1: bow system, man, oh, you, yeah. you were going to get
0: laid. Oh
4: yeah, and a reel to reel. Oh yeah. Oh, oh check out, man. You're advanced.
0: Yeah. Oh, that was high end. Yeah. If you had, you had to have the the reel to reel to call it a reel system.
4: Whether it worked or not, you just exactly, put it in. Right. Say, Look at this. I got re- <laughs> That's right. Whatever increases my yeah. chances.
0: Big big no. big big reels <laughs> like the size of a car tire.
4: Yeah, which, which people, like the, like the AV guy that came right. into your classroom with the big projector. <laughs> exactly. I mean? Wow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right,
4: uh, we digress. All I'll right. let somebody else jump in. Always a pleasure talking to you, sir. I'm going
5: to listen and uh, enjoy your day, all right?
0: All right, great hearing from you. Let's go to Nebraska. Brandy, welcome to the program.
6: Thank you, Kevin. Um, this subject came about, about a year and a half ago, but um, at that time, I wasn't able to get on. But it's starting to become a lot more prevalent. Uh, I think it was January or maybe uh, of last year, there was this volcano called uh, Hunga Tonga, and it basically was an undersea uh, volcano, and instead of ash, it blew water vapor into the air, and it is sort of affecting uh, the world's climate today. So today's Google feed, um, or at least maybe, maybe it was last night, but it <laughs> sound crazy, but that the sky is kind of literally falling. That the, the the upper atmosphere is condensing, and that means the satellites are getting closer to to each other, which then will cause collision. <laughs> so you can see where all of this is gone. But, you know, so I follow as a driver? I listen to uh, some of these internet um, or YouTube uh, weather forecastings, and it, and what he what he just talked about about what happened in Michigan. And uh, I live in the Midwest, so uh, something called a horseshoe. Um, Omega high, uh, basically, a, a really strong high pressure, um, making heat go up where I live. And it, it's just fascinating, but um, all of this is contributing to literal climate change, except
0: that, well, you know. They're, well, let's just, they're, I, I, I can't believe we still talk about this as though the, the earth or the weather patterns or something changing is something new and unique. Didn't we all learn in elementary school that at one point there was one giant land mass on the earth and it broke apart into all the continents? I think that's a pretty massive change, right? We've had ice ages. That's a pretty massive change. Why do we think the temperature varying a couple degrees is any big deal? Yeah, we we better figure out how to deal with it, But if we think that's not going to happen, we'd have to be idiots. Of course the climate's going to change. This planet has never, ever stopped changing. The only difference is that we as as human beings, I'm getting a ton of noise off of your mic. If you're using a headset, take it away from your nose or your mouth. I'm getting a ton of breath noise. It's really loud.
6: My guess. I'm sorry.
0: There we go. Um, Better? Yeah. So of course it's going to change. It's never stopped changing. Radical changes. Not these little tiny, uh, yeah, our temperatures one degree off what it was for the last decade. Massive changes. As human beings, we don't live long enough to see those kind of changes. And for some reason, we seem to be too stupid to figure out that they're happening, they're always going to happen.
6: Well, the one I'm talking is really this Hunga-Tunga. This is one that they've never... Well, right,
0: but so what? So what? We've had massive volcanoes explode over the eons, and yes, it radically changed the weather and the planet. We've had asteroid strikes that we believe killed the dinosaurs. I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, that's a pretty big deal. So why are we shocked when these... Actually, minor things happen. That's all these are.
6: i so I understand when I listen to you, you know it's all about just about solutions. What could you do anything about this? Obviously, you can't do nothing about correct. it correct. can prepare for it. and it and it does affect us in our world today, not because of generations or thousands of years, or whatever, but colliding satellites, yeah, because we depend on satellites. you're depending on so, your internet from
0: so, so what? So, so, no, let's think about something. Yeah, I understand it, it, so it, it, of course. No, No, really, this is the way you have to look at this. It, yes, that could happen, but so could a million other things. That's life. Life is risky. We have somehow gotten to the point where we think we should be able to eliminate all risk from life. And it's a horrible idea. So satellites collide and my Internet goes down. I don't need Internet to live. That's not a big deal. I'm to the point where where there's so much crazy stuff going on in the world. I'm only concerned about something that might actually make us extinct or make life really, really difficult, yeah. like AI. Climate change, give Mind me a break. Is a I, one of the headlines I saw today. I'm a today, prepper. Well, I am too, and I talk about it all the time, and I think everybody should be prepared for anything they can think of. I try to be. That doesn't exactly. That doesn't mean yeah, I'm going to quit so. living and hide in the bunker. I'm just going to be as no, prepared but... as I can be. And when I say prepared, uh, yeah, I probably should have better backup internet than I have right at the moment because my system's down in the coach, and I don't feel like driving. You know, five hours round trip to go get it. Uh, but I'm pretty darn prepared as far as survival because that's really what's important. Yeah. that this um the headline that I saw and Elon Musk is commenting on it I'm glad he's I'm glad there's one person that kind of has control of a social media platform that seems to have some common sense he's speaking out about how we are now slaughtering cattle in order to slow down climate change if that isn't the most ignorant thing I've ever heard we have a lot of people all over the world that the the single biggest thing we could do to improve everybody's health is raise and eat more cattle. And yet we're going to slaughter them for something that nobody can even define and we don't really see any major impact from right now. Climate change. Nobody can define it clearly. They can't tell us what's happening now, what's going to happen in 60 years we, we are not good enough to predict all of this stuff. Actually, AI might be the thing that potentially could help us with this, except it's probably going to be programmed all wrong. But the I agree The slaughtering cattle right now will have an absolute negative impact on the world and people's health. It, it, it will do nothing to slow down climate change.
6: Yeah. That's just a title. I it's just um, the experts, so they say. Um, but uh, just just bring it to your attention. I, I my Google feed likes to <laughs> show me things that sort of correlate in thinking so well. So this one particular volcano a year ago is now having effects in our world today, and it's making itself more and more known that that one little event has now, causing more and more change to be a lot more observant. Yeah, but... Because it, it was a volcano like no other volcano.
0: Okay, but it, it's... That one does not have the ability to radically change the entire planet. There is a volcano that nobody ever talks about that could wipe out human beings on the planet. You know where it is? Yellowstone? Yeah, right smack <laughs> in the middle of our country. Yellowstone? Yes. Yellowstone is could be yeah, a... I, super volcano like we've never seen and it could put out enough ash to, to radically, to, to trigger another ice age.
1: Yeah.
0: Human beings would have a very, very hard time surviving if we had a a true massive explosion out of Yellowstone.
6: So I follow it for the solar flares causing the earthquakes, causing the volcanoes. And it's just, it's all connected. And uh, it's just, It's It's interesting. It's all connected.
0: Do you follow the fact that the North Pole has moved?
6: I've heard about it.
0: I don't mean a little. I don't mean mean it shifted, you know, 10 miles. We're talking thousands of miles. It's moving all over the place right now. We're not sure where it's going to go. And that could have a huge impact or it might have no impact. It's happened before way, way what in the past, these- and it did have an impact back then. But we, the the North Pole is actually moving towards the equator, and we don't even really have a full understanding of what that might do.
6: And all these suspicious fires that are happening all over in Quebec, and it's like, so where I live, we're getting the smoke that comes and makes the, the sun or the sky hazy. Yeah. And uh, it's like, where are all these starting from?
0: So, but here's, and, the, here's uh, another thing we, we, one, we're horrible with our forest management policy. We, you know, when we started putting out every single fire that started, no matter what, started by lightning, whatever. And then we allow those huge fuel piles to, to accumulate over years or decades. That's how we get these massive fires that, seem way worse than they are. Nature almost never allowed fires like that. Nature has fires all the time, so you don't get the, the potential for those giant weather-changing fires. We've done that with poor forest management. You know, we have to That's remember the, the Earth has been through all of this stuff for a million years, and everything was just fine. Let's go to Texas. Eric, welcome to the program.
2: Um, Now I've got too much stuff swirling in my head. But the first thing that pops up is Terry Goodkind's book, Wizard's First Rule. Because Wizard's First Rule is people are stupid.
0: Yeah, we are pretty but, stupid um, for the for what you know we're considered yeah. the the most advanced species on the planet, and in most ways we are. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Nobody else, no other yeah. species. That. Yeah, no other species <laughs> figured out how to build skyscrapers and go to the bottom of the ocean and the moon and and all that stuff. But it's amazing how we can be so intelligent and so dumb at the same time.
2: Uh, um. Well, my original point was about the AI, and you mentioned the legal system. And my first thought, not thinking about who programs the AI, is that AI would be logical and so wouldn't be allowed to take over the legal system because look at what just happened. The the guy who led or leads the Oath Keepers And uh, you know he had his January sixth trial. Right. They just sentenced him to eighteen years in prison for something that he said in emails and text messages. He didn't even actually do anything. Right. And that's after the judge suppressed um, evidence in his trial that showed that he had nothing to do with any of the stuff that actually went on at the Capitol building.
0: Yeah, so let me let me try to clarify a couple things here. When I say legal, I'm not talking about issues like this. This is way beyond AI at the moment. Something like this is more political than anything. And we know our legal system can be political if you've got judges, judges are humans. Well- They've got biases. Uh, Juries have biases. We try to eliminate as much of the bias as possible by the way we've set up the rules. What I'm talking about in the legal system is more the everyday contract stuff, leases, real estate law, where it's very, very labor intensive. There's a lot of documentation that has to happen. That's where AI is just going to eliminate an awful lot of jobs. Not not at trial or yeah, attorneys okay. and criminal law. You had said and, but, about no.
2: attorneys. Well,
0: well, yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, what, most of our attorneys do not... That was the first not, thing I thought of, Yeah, course. most of our attorneys never go to criminal trials. That's a very, very small part of the legal field. Most of our attorneys are doing no, leases and, and across, property and... They
2: sit across from each other in uh, boardrooms and stuff, or, you know, uh, that's not the right word. Uh, conference rooms. They sit across big tables and modified contracts, and you know, that's so that a lot this of that's company gonna go can by right. that company for so many billion dollars. That,
0: that's that's the place where one person with good AI skills will replace twenty attorneys and thirty law clerks. Uh, okay. That's what I'm talking about. Although, jobs.
2: remember, well, you you grew up in the computer era. What was it they always said that computers were going to do?
0: you mean the the I think it's Moore's law of computing is that what you're talking about or are you no, talking about something else
2: I get that but I, I'm, I'm talking about how computers were supposed to take over a lot of the work for us make things easier and you know oh they, you bring up a good point <laughs> I, I'm they, pretty sure they, I'm pretty sure that most people who work directly with computers are doing just as many hours, if not more, every day. They're just using computers oh. to get more of it done. You know, that, to do more and more and more.
0: You know? That's gonna happen. It, well, it's already happening. I've talked about it. AI, even though AI could do the work of an entire team for me, that didn't create less work for me. It creates more, way more. That's why I'm trying to get my schedule right. under control. I'm looking at this new tool saying, wait a minute, I've been trying for the last 25 years to create some of this stuff and I can't, I can't, I've tried, I've tried Teams, I've tried whatever, I've tried other technology. Now all of a sudden here is this technology that absolutely helps me get these ideas out of my head in a better way. But. I, I could work 22 hours a day right now and never catch up with all the ideas I have. So yeah, this isn't going to make me work any less. Sure. I have to figure out how not to get overwhelmed with all the work I want to get done now that I have this new tool.
2: You sound kind of like how Bill Burr describes Steve Jobs. You know, Steve Jobs just wandered around in his bomb jeans and, uh, and uh, turtlenecks and came up with ideas and then tossed it off to a team of people who then had to figure out how to make it work. <laughs> and, and, and the
0: difference was he was good at that part. He was good at finding people, building teams, working with them and bringing that to life. I'm not, I've tried. Had I been good at teams, I would have. Oh, I didn't know it.
2: he actually worked with anybody. Well, he has to, you have to. But yeah. no, I was, but I was yeah. joking and making that comparison no, anyway. Yeah. I
0: know you're not like that. Well, there are some similarities, no doubt, but, but you do have to be able to work with other people to bring those things to life. And you could say, well, no, he just sits back and tells them what's to do and pays them. It doesn't work. There are skills required. and I, I don't seem to have them and I don't seem to be very inclined to develop them. So over the years, I've just let these projects kind of die sometimes because I can't figure out how to bring them to life. Well, all of a sudden I've found a tool, multiple tools, could be hundreds of tools that and maybe I won't be able to. I don't know. I haven't finished anything yet. But this is radically different from any other technology I've ever used in in computing even.
2: Yeah, I wish I could just come up with one idea and do something with it. I just, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if it's genetics, but I don't have it in me. I mean, I can, I can think of things, but not anything that gives me a spark to go build a freaking business around it, and, you know. when I heard about this AI stuff coming out, I'm like, I want a I want to be able to ask an AI to predict a good stock for me to invest in. You know, just something that maybe looks like idea. crap today.
0: That's a and horrible idea. I, I know, AI.
2: but I'm just saying. <laughs> but I'm just saying, no, you know, I, it's I, like I, because that's One of the things- It would be just as good as any advice we get by watching CNBC, you know, so-
0: Well, and at some point, and it's not gonna take (laughs) long now, that advice is going to get much better, but we have to remember that's being programmed by people. This is an area that I would be very, very careful of. Uh, I've talked about, I'm already using a platform like Mint, but it's totally driven by AI. I wanna see how it does. Um, But we could also end up with apps. Remember, these are like people. So we could end up with these apps. I'm thinking of things like Robin Hood, where they're going after younger people with phone apps that help you invest. Well, have, have there been people in the past who have ripped off a lot of people through investments?
2: You've heard of Bitcoin,
0: right? Yeah, Bernie Madoff. I mean, with the, I, uh, one of my favorite shows is called American Greed, and it's all about people yeah. oh, ripping other people off through investment schemes. Well, AI apps can be the exact same thing. It might look like the best thing in the world for investing, and it might be a scheme that's really ripping you off. You could, uh, do you know what, pulpit, now, point do you know what pump and dump is? Oh. Yeah. So pump and dump for yeah, the people that's who that's don't that's how, that's how brokerage houses
2: usually start a new broker.
0: Yeah, yeah you know, so, so in Pump and Dump, you, what they you do get, you is... Get it.
2: You get investors excited about something, they, yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah,
0: so to explain for people what Pump and Dump is, if, I, if I'm a broker or a brokerage house trying to sell stocks, which doesn't happen much anymore with real people, but the apps will be able to do this too. Right. So the brokerage goes and buys some crazy penny stock, for example and then starts talking to all their clients about what a great stock this is. They, they push it and push it and push it and push it to where everybody starts buying it. That drives the price up, supply and demand. That's how things work. And then when the price peaks, they dump all of theirs and all of the people that were buying in get screwed. That's traditional pump and dump. An app could do that too. So we have to remember these apps are like people. They could be out to rip you off, not help you. And the, the investment is going to be an area people need to be very, very careful of AI.
2: You could find people that were not out to it. That's a but <coughs> well, oh, I was gonna ask about the MIT thing. I don't, I don't understand what's the difference between using myth, which should just be a computer program to calculate your net worth, and an AI program. Well, what's the AI doing and that a, is a focus beyond well, th- a simple program?
0: Two things, one, right now, the the weakest part of Mint, I believe, is that it can go look at your credit card statement, but it can't necessarily tell you what each one of those transactions was for and it can guess and it can attempt, but it's not all that accurate. So you've got to spend some time. Now, if you do it, after a couple of years sometimes, if you're good about going in there and categorizing things, it does learn, not like true machine learning though. It just knows that this transaction, because it was called Menards, was supposed to be garden stuff. Well, maybe that works until you go to Menards and you buy some plumbing thing. Well, well, now it's confused until you tell it it could be plumbing or garden or food or... So it doesn't do very well at that. AI will be much, much better at that. AI will start becoming really, really accurate at this. That's one thing. The next thing is, we go back to recommendations and analyzing my numbers. Mint, All Mint does is put together the same basic reports over and over and over. AI, though, could go in and say, oh, we noticed an anomaly. We're seeing a pattern in your spending that is the same pattern that shows up for people who file bankruptcy about six months after this pattern shows up. Think about things like that. So again, it's mint is just a pre programmed set of reports. That's it. That's all it can do is spit out that same report month after month, no different. But AI That's all I thought it
2: was supposed to be.
0: Correct. But now now there's a new tool. So you could stick with Mint that can only spit out the same reports, or you could use an AI that's been programmed to warn you or to guide you on how to spend and save and invest. And if it's good AI, it could be awesome so you know i said ai might be used to rip people off in investing but are there good really really good money managers out there that help people do better with their money because they analyze their spending and make good recommendations they are there are people that are excellent at that but they're damn expensive <laughs> uh, to pay somebody to go through all of your financial data and figure out your spent it's not going to happen for the average person but with ai it
2: certainly can well, now do you determine that an AI is going to be good if you, you use it and either succeed or fail with
0: it? You have to do the hard work. What? You have, and most so, people well, That's what I'm saying. What are most they telling people. you about who's programming this stuff? It, it, there, nobody's going to tell you anything. That's the point. <laughs> You've got to go do the hard work. That's what I'm trying to get across to people that don't sit back and think AI is gonna change your life in some positive way just by random chance. It might, the odds are probably won't. But what if you go out and you do the hard work and you read and you listen to podcasts and you think through these things and you try stuff? Yeah, you might be the one that figures out what a really good financial manager is. Or maybe you follow somebody like me that's gonna do all this for you and then just tell you, but then you gotta trust me.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> and that's that's something I was gonna say. I mean it's something that made me think so, of if I could put so it words. Let me it.
0: think about this. This isn't possible yet, but it's coming. We're not far off. You know, I made a statement A pretty big statement a couple of weeks ago, I said that one of the drawbacks of open AI right now, chat GPT, is chat GPT is only being trained on data up until 2020, I think, maybe 2021. They are not exposing that that AI bot, that, that brain, they're not exposing it to any data after that date, so it's got a real drawback. It can't after help. The topic it, it can't help us with current data. It could only help us with data up until that point. I said that just two weeks ago. That's changed already. ChatGPT is now starting to open up to be able to expose it to new data sets. I my account should be able to do this, but it won't yet. Even though my account says I should be able to because I'm I'm on a premium account, I keep trying it and it keeps telling me, sorry, I can't access data up to that date." So I think they must be doing a limited rollout. And at some point, I guess mine will be able to do that. But that's a big, big change. And that's happening already. And just two weeks ago, they said they weren't going to do that.
2: Well, <laughs> what gets me is that it is also based on what humans put in, though. You know, garbage in, garbage out. Well, I mean, yeah, and cor- correct. And I was can't going even somewhere. You trust-
0: The last story, let me finish it because I got. Okay. I I went well, down a rabbit sorry. hole and then forgot to finish. So if I were going to <laughs> train an AI program on personal finance, you heard. uh the talk about art where artists are now taking a little bit of Van Gogh and a little bit of Rembrandt and a, uh, a little bit of uh, Remington or whoever and telling AI, create me a, a painting in that style. That, that's insane. And it actually does it. And you can see the influence of each one of those artists. And that's what, you know, we're so freaked out about the same thing will happen here. I would take this and I would program a financial AI bot to be like uh, Dave Ramsey and Anthony Robbins, unshakable. That's what I would train my financial AI bot on. And it would be excellent if that's all it was trained on. It should be fantastic in helping people manage their money. But what if somebody else decides to program country, yes. like one like Bernie Madoff instead? Well, and
2: even what if somebody wants to have their personal finances like Dave Ramsey, but business finances like Robert Kiyosaki? Sure. How are you going you know, to? What, what What's the result going to be of that? That's well. That's I, to me. It, you know, when you talk when you were talking about the art. I'm saying, how do you know that combining you know, Van Gogh with Mayonnaise is going to result in anything that you, you want? You, you don't to look at. You don't until I mean, so it you. It's be horrible. It, uh, right. <laughs> so then you try
0: it, and it's horrible, and you change and you tweak, because if you're an artist or a creator, you see the potential for this tool. Look, if if I thought that you know, I, I can only right. I, I can only dig so many holes with a shovel. So I see this backhoe down the street, and it's it's doing the work of a hundred men with a shovel. Why don't I bring a backhoe into my garden? Well, because it's the wrong tool. The same thing's going to happen here. People are going to use AI and create all kinds of crap, but somebody's going to create amazing things we've never seen before, and it's going to be the people that have the talent and do the hard work. <laughs> I'm not worried yeah. about somebody. Except writing that a, there's also going to be. I, I'm not worried about somebody else writing. There's going to be tens on, of thousands
2: of people who are just going to jump into it and of fail miserably. Of course. Because they didn't know any better. So.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And then there are going to be people whose lives will be well, transformed then. in positive ways. You
2: sound like an ableist, Kevin. No, no, I'm just kidding. I might be. Well, yeah. yeah. And it, but it, but it's. Uh, I'm stumbling over my own thoughts. I can't even, I can't even I, I, put out a We We, all, we right all
0: are. This is such a radical disruption. I, I'm going to make the statement. I could be wrong. There is a lot of hype around this right now. It might fizzle. But look, it, remember the programs like Second Life and now there's Meta, the Metaverse. And when Second Life came out. I went and looked at it, I got an account, I played around with it a lot, I did a ton of research, and I came out and said, it's a big nothing burger. This is going nowhere. When when um, the, uh, what am I trying to think of, the goggles, um, what do we call that? Uh, I don't know. Virtual reality. Virtual reality. I got excited about that. The first time I tried it, I thought, my God, this is incredible. We're going to be doing this all the time. Look at all the potential. And then I did a little more digging and I played around and I came out and said, you know what? Another nothing burger. This is going nowhere. That, that we're yeah. we're either not ready. We are mostly or, turned
2: out good it, good TikTok videos of people putting their head through their TV. Uh, right, <laughs> it, it, exactly.
0: It, it's but it, but it didn't change our life. It's not going to change our life anytime soon. I fe- right now, and this could change, but I feel very very different about AI. I think AI could be the biggest disruption human beings have ever experienced on this planet.
2: Oh, I, I agree with you. I'm just not sure that that disruption
0: is gonna be good. It's not, most of it is you gonna know, be bad. I've said that, have you got? I'm afraid oh, of it. Okay. I, I've oh, made, you're just saying it's gonna be bad, I've, <laughs> I've, made, I've made the statement many times. If I was the king of the world, I would outlaw AI and destroy every example of it. I wouldn't allow it to happen if I could stop yeah. it. I think it may be the worst thing that's ever I happened to humanity.
2: I know you're not a big movie guy, but have you gotten around to watching WALL-E yet? No, the, probably the won't cartoon either. cartoon movie? Okay, did you, did you ever watch the original Doom? No, probably won't either. Oh, no, shit. <laughs> well, it's just, most of them have examples of people floating around on like repulsor lift chairs because they're grossly obese and don't do anything for themselves because their entire world is computers. So. You know, and you know, now that that didn't involve AI, but it was computers. They everything did everything was done for
0: them. Well, so. it, it kind of does involve AI because computers can't do that kind of stuff without AI. I mean, that's why we don't have Rosie yeah, the true. robot and you know the Jetsons yet. It, it, computers need AI to be able to do that kind of stuff, and we will see well. that happening now. But here's what I'll tell you: it. it Not everybody's gonna end up in a recliner with a pair of virtual reality glasses on all day. It's the opposite for me. I'm looking at this saying, look, if I could get all these ideas out of my head in a way that provides value to people, and I think I can now with AI. Well, I'm also, you know, I've been at this for four decades now. At some point, I, I'm going to start slowing down a little bit. But it's possible for me with AI that I could create value more than ever and spend more time than ever out in the garden at the same time, which I really enjoy. Why wouldn't I be able to use AI to do that? Imagine
2: this. Imagine this. What if, if I want to go hunting? Combining more? AI with the, well, combine AI with that deep, uh, Deep fake stuff. You could actually program a computer simulation to do your show for you because uh, yeah, it's an I AI. Know. It could be predictive. Yeah. Somebody can carry on a conversation with it. You know, and you could be out there actually, you know, pruning your tomatoes right now. That, While I'm talking to a damn computer program that just acts like Kevin Rutherford. And, and that's, Rutherford. you know, <laughs> on,
0: on the surface, we think that is is kind of a bad thing, right? Well, that's fake. That's not him. He's out. Pro- well, wait a minute. What if I get this AI to some point where it really is just like me? We we've all had that. We've all said, or people in business, I've heard this a million times in business. Really busy people say, "I wish I could just clone myself." Well, now it's kind of looking like we might be able to when it comes to thought work. What if it? What if? What if that that? AI bot after training and who knows years. I don't know how long it might take. What if it did really answer just the way I would? Why would that be different or less valuable?
2: No, I I understand. That wouldn't affect us much, but what's going to happen to your mind once the AI takes over all your thinking work
0: for you? I don't care. I've I've been thinking for 60 years. I kind of enjoy being out in the garden right now. And the only (laughs) thing I think about is the garden. Oh, 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 look, I did this. and It's your carnivore now. You this. might
2: live another 60 years.
0: <laughs> well, then my garden's going to go yet. My garden's gonna turn into a farm then, and I'm going to have animals and bees and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. But it, 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 So here's where I am on this, kind of in the Except big picture with AI. I think it's probably going to destroy yeah. humanity. And even if it doesn't destroy humanity, we're going to have a couple decades of total chaos. I, I'm at the point where I am going to spend as much time as I can on AI for two reasons, one, so that, I, that I'm not harmed by it if I can figure out a way not to be. And if I'm really paying attention, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to figure out better ways than if I wasn't paying attention. And I'm also going to figure out how I can use it to make my life better and the people around me. I don't want it to be harmed by it, so I'm going to study it as much as I can. I want to use it to my advantage and everybody else around me to their advantage. That's what I'm going to focus on
2: here to try to solve the problem. robot problem. Kind of. You haven't seen that movie either.
0: No, I haven't, but um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just going to, it, it <laughs> seems to me like it has the potential to be very, very, very big as a disruptor to humans. I, I just want to make sure I get the best out of it possible. And it, it is mind boggling and it's hard to get our mind around these concepts. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Luke, welcome mm-hmm. to the program.
5: Hey, good morning, Kevin. Uh, you're scaring me now with all this AI stuff with uh, investments, which is what I was calling about. Question on the I-bonds. We don't have any, my wife and I, currently. We were looking into them, but as near as I can tell, they're only paying 4.3% right now.
0: So this is why you're, um, d- hold on, let, my, me, let me explain real quick. I-bonds, people think of these as like, just a thing. Well, oh, everybody said I should invest in I-bonds. That was six months ago. Then they, why didn't you hear about I-bonds six months prior to that? Well, because the conditions were different. As the financial conditions change, the interest rates, the stock market, the treasury bills, it, all of that stuff changes every day. Well, it had changed and created an environment where the I-bonds were a really good investment for about three months. We're now in a new environment and those I-bonds just aren't all that attractive anymore. I can go get a CD that's better. That's how financial works though. You, you know, you. there was a time when I've talked about it, CDs were paying 10 and 12% back in the late seventies, early eighties. Hell yes, you should have all of your money in CDs, but There's also been two decades where if you bought a CD, you were an idiot. We're heading back into the point where CDs make more sense. Money market accounts make more sense. I bonds, right? Aren't making all that much sense right now.
5: Right. And that was my other question about CDs. My local bank is offering a 14 month CD. It says it's a 4.41% fixed interest rate and a 4.5% APY.
0: Yeah. So... Apple has a savings account that's paying 4.5%. Why would I tie my money up for 14 months when all I have to do is stick it in a savings account instead?
5: Okay. Now that leads me to another question. uh, uh,
0: Here's the one thing I want to remind people about finance. I just said it changes daily. So what I just said about Apple's savings account today might not be true next week. That could change. Interest okay. rates are all over the place right now.
5: Okay. Um, I'm not real good on a computer. How would I even go about and finding an Apple? Should I get a uh, financial planner? I don't have one at this time.
0: How old are you? 33. 33? Yes. Excellent. You're starting way earlier than most people. There is your number one advantage. You're starting early. If you were 53, we'd be having a very, very different conversation right now. And most people that's about when they start thinking about it. So you've given yourself a huge advantage. What are your financial goals?
5: Well, I would like to invest some money and keep my business growing.
0: Well, stop. Hold, hold on. Single truck owner hold, hold on. Um, I know people wonder why I interrupt people all the time. I interrupt people because if I ask you some specific questions and you answer them, we can get to the answer a lot faster than if I just gonna let people ramble. Um, I'm pretty good at this, and I usually know at what point I can interject and stop somebody and get them to ask a question, answer a question. You just said, I need to invest some money, and then you talk to keep your business growing. Well, that's very, very different than a personal goal of having X amount of dollars by the time I'm 59 years old so I can retire, or having enough money to be able to put down half on a house, or having enough money to be able to put my child through any education they want when they're 18. So the first thing we do is identify a financial goal. That will determine what we do with the money. So you want to keep your business going I'm not what does that mean that you want to have money sitting in savings as a uh, an emergency fund for slow times or do you want money to be in to be able to invest to grow the business because those would be two very different goals
5: Yes no I'm not digging into my emergency savings to invest. I am more looking for the future. I have three boys and I would like to go into business with them someday.
0: Wait a minute. And have trucks for them to drive. slow, Slow down. Are you in business today? Yes. Okay. So is your goal in business to grow a fleet?
5: Not really a fleet other than maybe for my boys. Like I'm not looking to go out and hire drivers.
0: Okay. How old are your boys?
5: Uh, the oldest is five.
0: Okay. So we have 13 years at least. Now that you could get them involved in the business that, you know, about seven or eight and actually create some pretty cool tax deductions and create a really cool future for them. Uh, now that I understand your goals and you're just starting into your financial life, your goals are actually pretty complicated in a good way because you're thinking about them and you're setting goals. So we have a business we wanna be able to to keep very, very healthy and then possibly add these children to that business and grow it some. Maybe we just want some cash there that the kids could decide they wanna go to school to learn something. You're also talking about, you know, some retirement. So, yes, to answer your question, you do need a financial planner. Let me tell you what I recommend. Don't work with anybody who makes the statement, you don't have to pay me. You you want a fee-based certified financial planner, CFP. That's a very clear designation. It's the designation I held for a while. And you want to pay them for their planning. You don't want them earning their money through commissions on products they're selling you or investments they're selling you. And a lot of people would go, oh, wait a minute. This guy over here says he'll do my financial plan for free. This guy wants $2,000. I'm taking the $2,000. After I do my homework and know that this is a really good planner. Otherwise, I have no idea. The guy who's on a commission, he has a big incentive to sell me stuff with big commissions. And it's probably not the best stuff for me. And I know human nature, greed drives too many people's decisions for me to to trust that model. I'm going to take cash out of my pocket and hand somebody money to help me manage my money. And you know what? You may not have to do that anymore. AI may be here to help you. We just need to identify a good AI program that, you know, isn't trying to rip people off, really is using the best financial knowledge to help people. And then this kind of financial planning will become virtually free or very close to it.
5: Okay. Now, as or is maybe investing in the stock market, like the S and P 500. Would you recommend me do that, that uh, hey, or Luke, see Luke, what the financial Luke, planner Luke. says?
0: Uh, yeah. I'm not going to make any recommend. Why would I make any recommendations when I'm going to send you to a planner? You, you have okay. a good vision of your future and you're paying attention to it. You need to be working with a planner, not calling me once in a while with, should I buy this stock or should I be in this mutual? I can't answer those questions. Well, if, if you want me to be okay. your financial planner, you could pay me to do it. And then I would be able to, but you're not going to like my fees. They're about $250 an hour. Okay. And I try, I, I would, I would do somebody's financial plan for $250 an hour, but that's outrageous. You could get somebody just as good to do it much cheaper. Um, but I would set that price cause I really don't want to do this. I have the skill and the ability. Uh-huh. That's not a business I want to be in. I tried that once.
5: Yeah. Okay, well, that gives me some, hey, my wife, some pointers. We'll go do some research on a good CFP and go from there.
0: There you go. That'll do it. And and again, remember CFP is the designation that tells us they have a certain amount of education. They pass the test, they're required to get more education every year. That doesn't mean all CFPs are good. In fact, most aren't. It's just like any profession. I, I I have a very hard time in any profession finding the people I want to work with. They're the minority. You have to go do the hard work if you want to get better results. And the hard work is finding those people. Let's go to South Carolina. Bill, welcome to the program. How are you doing, Kevin? Good. What's on your mind today?
7: Hey, Uh. all I- right. All on my on my mom's side of the family, my dad's side of the family, all got every one of them. Got all got high blood pressure. I'm the only one that always has maintained good blood pressure. I just had my physical, and it's 117 over 75. Now the question I have is: Does blood pressure correlate to metabolic melab- uh, syndrome? That's- yes.
0: Yeah. so here, here is how we define metabolic syndrome you're going to test me here I'm not sure if I'm going to re- be able to remember the five because I haven't thought about this in a while in order to be mm-hmm. diagnosed with metabolic syndrome you have to have three of five factors so the five factors mm-hmm. are um, basically I, I may not be exact on this but you're going to get the idea diabetes oh. obesity High blood pressure, heart disease, liver disease, or kidney disease. I believe those are the five. If you are diagnosed with any three of those five, then you are considered to have metabolic syndrome. So high blood pressure is one of those markers.
7: Yeah, I just had all my blood work. It's all come back. Everything is my A1C 5.5. And I'm not really, you know, I, I, I lean more towards carnivore. Because I eat a lot of eggs and a few vegetables and a lot of meat, and the only thing I really will not give up is my cup of coffee with cream. And, and yeah, you're going to shoot me, but I use a teaspoon of sugar in my coffee just to kill taste. Well, I other than that, that's I don't my, care if
0: you use a teaspoon of sugar in your coffee. There's <laughs> no impact on well, me. Well, I just
7: know I just. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, but I, that's all I really wanted to know because I'm trying to trying to tell my my parents. I'm just like, well, if you cut if you cut these damn grains and these damn sugars out of your diet, you'll feel a whole lot better. And you know, when you're 70 years, well, my dad's like 78, and he's like, well, at my age, do you think I really care? And I'm. I- well, you well.
0: Know. Here, here's the thing. We all, we all struggle with this. Everybody. We get healthy. We figure out how mm-hmm. good this really is. And as human beings, we want to share it. We want other people to feel this good. It's really not easy, mm-hmm. though. It's the hardest thing about this. I, I, I could look at oh, yeah. somebody that's 80 years old and say, I'm pretty sure when I'm 80, I would rather wake up feeling good than wake up feeling like crap every day. And it's not too late to feel better.
4: Mm -hmm. yep I uh, I think the biggest reason
0: we struggle with this is people have heard their whole life eat this and this will happen no eat this and this will happen don't eat this this will happen and none of it came true yeah none of it came true we were wrong about almost everything well after you've been wrong for (laughs) 50 years why would anybody believe any of this (laughs) stuff anymore true People believe that no matter what they eat, nothing's going to change. Because they were told to eat a bunch of fiber. Well, that didn't really help anybody. They were told to eat a lot less uh, meat. Well, that didn't really help anybody. It actually made things worse. They're told to be mm. vegan or vegetarian, and they try that, and maybe they feel a little better for a while, and then they actually start seeing new problems. Yeah, our, our advice yeah. around what we should eat has been so bad for so long that many people have just given up. They think it doesn't matter what you eat because that's been their
7: experience. Yeah, that's just, uh, before I close, I had my, my wife's mom's sister's husband just had his gallbladder removed because he was complaining of, um, of, uh, oh, I can't remember, whatever. And then when the doctors went in, the doctor's like, there's really nothing wrong with the gallbladder. And usually his wife told the doctor to take it out anyway. The,
0: the, and he did. Then that doctor should be prosecuted for that.
7: <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, that is about the most asinine thing I've ever heard. The doctor should be prosecuted
0: for that. And I don't mean that lightly. Well, I know. Did did, did doctors forget their first rule? First, do no harm. Apparently. That's the Mm -hmm. rule that that our medical system is supposed to follow. First, do no harm. Mm Mm-hmm. When you go in and take out body parts that the doctor is standing there looking at it saying there's nothing wrong with this you just chose to do harm and you should be prosecuted and you should lose your license hmm yep uh, but I, that's
7: all i wanted to know about blood pressure and syndrome. Yep. You it, have is, a good-
0: it is one of the five markers yes let's go to wisconsin
8: eric welcome to the program Hey, good morning, Kevin. A uh, quick question about El Ruderai yogurt. So we've been doing this for a couple of years and the last
5: <clears throat>
8: initial batch that we've done was probably 10 or 15 batches ago. Um, and we used organic inulin powder as the prebiotic. But I just recently discovered, uh, my, my wife kind of takes care of this formula while I'm out on the road. Um, she had been making it with the starter Uh, two tablespoons per quart, but she was not adding any inulin powder. So is that a problem? No. Or is Um, it not a problem at all? In order for
0: me to answer completely, it's not a problem, let's say there. Did it affect things? Possibly. Mm -hmm. You may not have gotten the same bacterial count that you would have gotten had you used it. The only way we could ever know that is to test every batch that we make. That's just not practical, right? We know there's good bacteria in there. You're using good quality dairy. Uh, Maybe you didn't get the full bacterial count you you could have gotten. You still probably have ten times more than commercial
3: yogurt.
8: Okay, excellent. And I so at this point we have um, two tablespoons of starter. Would you actually use that starter and and now in this next batch um, add the. Two tablespoons of inulin prebiotic? Sure. Absolutely. That, that kind of, that, the prebiotic is, it, it serves as like a food for the bacteria, correct?
0: That's what I mean. Yeah, it, it's what we feed the bacteria. Yeah. So if you're feeding bacteria, they can double even more. But I promise you, those bacteria are doubling. There's food in Perfect. there for them. I mean, there's food in the dairy that's, that's, you know, traditional yogurt, they don't use any prebiotics or any of that stuff because they're not too concerned about the total bacterial count. They just want it to taste like Mm -hmm. yogurt and people buy it and think they're doing something good. So you are still getting tons and tons of good bacteria in that yogurt. Maybe not quite as much as you could if you threw some food in there.
8: Okay. So would you, would, would you just start over from scratch or would you no. just continue on with no, the, I, the starter? I, we got? I, I'd use your
0: starter. I think okay. Dr. Davis has said he's used an original okay. starter for over a hundred batches
8: and it was still working. Awesome. Awesome. You are the man. I thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks day. for
0: the call. All right. I'm heading into uh, the final phone call on the board here. So uh, we're at the hour and a half mark. I'd be fine quitting today. Uh, I have a lot of stuff I could go work on. But if you want to call, I'll hang out here. 855-950-3835. Oop, hold on one second. I had a call, but it's back in the queue for some reason. So let me go through the news and see. Oh, um, trucking news. I almost forgot about this. I wanted to talk about this. Um here's the headline. I've got to go do a little work on this. Trailer liability coverage opens new doors for freight brokers. So in the past, if freight brokers wanted to have a trailer pool, which some do, and then they can work with power only owner operators, um, they had to own the trailers. They weren't able to lease because of insurance. Insurance companies would not cover rental trailers for brokers or leased trailers for brokers. The broker had to own it. And owning a trailer pool for brokers probably a bad idea for most of them. Now though, the there are some insurance companies that specialize in trucking that they're creating policies now that will allow brokers to lease or rent trailers to create a trailer pool and then work with power only. I think this could be a pretty big thing. I think you'll see some brokerages grow because of this. And and it does give um, somebody the ability to just own a tractor, not buy a trailer or rent a trailer and run under their own authority with power only. Uh, it's just another option. It, I, I like options. Options always give us, it, it's one more tool to be able to build my business with. So I like lots of tools all right. Uh, last call on the board. We're going to go to Nebraska. Brandy, welcome back.
6: Thanks. Um, Kevin, I've had this issue for, for the longest time and nobody seems to have an answer. I, I was uh, got a recommendation for a movie and I got it. the Blu-ray and it's uh, German only, no subtitles. And nobody seems to know how I could watch it. I don't speak German. I don't read German. Even libraries and even translators don't seem to have an answer for this with your your knowledge of AI and whatever else I could possibly do to watch this. First, asking, off,
0: first off, how did you get so interested in a movie that's only in German with no subtitles?
6: Well... <laughs> It was a, so the recommendation is, uh, it was, so you could only get it on, on Amazon, and I really thought it was going to have German subtitles. It was going to have subtitles. I didn't know it until it arrived, and it's like, okay, now I have, uh, an ish, now I have a movie that I can't watch, but let's see if there's a solution for it. I'm trying to see if there's any translators I could put up next to the movie as it played, but nothing is anywhere that would even work. So you're knowledgeable, (laughs) so thinking, is it possible that you might have a solution? I've even called libraries, and nobody seems to know how Uh, I I I could watch this. I
0: do sort of, but this is changing so fast, and I've played around with so many tools in the last month um i don't have any preferred there are tools right now ai tools available that yes you could run this video through them and translate it into 180 different languages you got to go find the specific tool just search for ai video translators and then play around okay with it. i i am it, i am nowhere near making a recommendation on these tools yet because I haven't settled on any of them yet I'm playing around with lots of different tools for audio video writing creativity just on and on and on and on and on and on it's, it's mind-boggling but if I needed to do this Is right that gonna now, be an app I could be an app could be a website. Again, it's changing so fast. That's why I can't tell you what it is, because I haven't found one that I would use yet. If I had this issue, here's what I would do. If I had a movie and it was in another language, no subtitles, and I needed to watch it or listen to it or knew what's in it, I would be searching this specific term. And then I would tweak until I found something there out there. A.I assisted video translation, something along those lines. And then I would just have to try each tool till I found one that did it. I haven't had the need to translate a foreign film yet, but I know that there are very powerful AI translators out there already. Okay.
3: That
6: sounds like a a good search engine, good or a good search decision. So, interested in what the movie's about?
0: (laughs) No. Not at all. Okay. There's about, there's about, here's why. There's about a thousand movies that people keep calling me and telling me I should watch, even though I tell them I don't watch movies. Why would I put in some movie that I know nothing about? It's only in German and I have to work this hard to go watch it? When there's a thousand others people are recommending first? No, not going to happen. Okay. And I'm, not, I, I'm not going to No, my curiosity. My curiosity is powerful, so powerful. I have to be picky about what I spend my time on. That's what I mean. I don't watch movies because in that two and a half hours or however long typical movies are, there are about 10 other things I'm curious about that I could be working on. I, to me, video takes too long to absorb anything. Now, I don't mind watching some TV now and then just for pure relaxation, but I really prefer to read to relax or sometimes just to lay in a room with some quiet music and just think or not think to just be watching movies or video is not relaxing for me and watching video to learn is incredibly frustrating for me because it just takes too long. I can read much, much faster. So that's the movie thing for me. I I don't, people say, oh, but just do it for fun, to relax. I I would. I'm not dumb if I watched movies and I really, really enjoyed them. I would watch more movies, but I've tried my whole life. I I don't really enjoy them. Now, are there some movies that I absolutely loved over my lifetime? Yeah, but there's so few and far between. For me, I don't know why. I don't even know what makes a really good movie. I can tell you one thing, the closer it is to real life, the more I'll probably enjoy it. I I don't enjoy the crazy action films or sci-fi or I don't enjoy those at all. And a a movie to be realistic and grab my attention, they're rare. If I enjoyed watching movies, I would do it more. Uh, Let me, I saw a bunch of calls here. Let me see if they're screened. They're not screened. Morgan, are we screening calls? oh, I did refresh. I'm still not seeing anything screened. Huh. Now I see one in the screening room. Okay. Not the system seems to be a little funky today. not sure what's going on with it. All right. We, uh, I've got three calls on the line. So, um, I'll start into these here in just a minute. I'm going to stay on top of the, um, that trailer liability coverage. That's, uh, might be an interesting little twist on what's going on with uh, some brokers. Let's, uh, let's go to Texas. Dwight, welcome to the program.
9: Hey, Kevin. Um, in the beginning on this AI, I just focused on how it was going to destroy the earth. Now I'm excited that what can it do for me? Now, obviously, I'm trucking and I also have a, a nice little homestead. And so I'm wondering, uh, since I'm la- leased a land star, is there any way with this AI I can use this to search for loads, and then later no. on I ask about can it help my homestead?
0: So searching for loads, no, not yet. Uh, maybe soon. Okay. Uh, what, like I said, one of the big problems with applications like that. Is AI needs access to current data, and right now it doesn't have it. So okay. some yeah. two yeah. things have to happen. We have to have access to real time data, and and ChatGPT says it's doing that, but I don't have it. Well, I haven't tried today, but as of Friday, I didn't play with anything over the weekend. But as of Friday, I know I tried to to make it see current data, and it it wasn't working in my account yet. Even though I have the account, the premium account that it should be working, I believe they're just rolling it out to to limited accounts. So once that happens, then somebody needs to go build the tool either on Landstar for you, it would have to be built on Landstar's load board or Landstar would have to give somebody access to that data to write an AI bot that understands all that data and can interpret it and make recommendations. That could all happen in a month. It could be that fast, but uh, as of right now, that that doesn't exist. And the load boards will also be all over this technology, but right now it's not there yet.
9: Yeah. And, you know, Landstar's got a lot, but that's just it. They got page after page. I mean, they got tons and uh, to go through it. And
0: so that's,
9: and, that's, you know, that's where, a problem.
0: That's where AI is going to shine. So let's say that, But but you could also be, all of us could be doing things to get more prepared for AI to help us. For example, if you started to identify yourself what your absolute best loads are, the ones you just love, and you start to create a list. Now, when AI does come along and you're sitting there with this list of these things you really like, now AI can learn from that. But AI will also, once somebody programs that bot, we'll be able to go in and take into account so many factors. We could put in weather and traffic and fuel prices, and we could say we want loads that stay south of I-40 in December, and we want the lane to have the most expensive fuel price or the lowest fuel price, depending on how we're doing this, uh, we could just, we could create these parameters that are our perfect loads. And now if you think about it, in right. order to find those loads and all of that data, you would have to have 30 people working full time. But now AI can do it for virtually free once it's programmed.
5: Yeah. And,
9: and you know, and, they, and, and I have lists and you can go and make a list, but yes, it does. It takes time and You know, and then I find out later on, I didn't have my trailer selection right or something. And, uh, but I say time, 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 time. And the people that figured out, figure this. Yeah.
0: Let me, so maybe you didn't have the right trailer before and that wasn't that big. That's not going to matter now. Your, your AI will be able to learn that just like a human does. Right. Right now we are all used to dealing with things that have been programmed and when they're programmed, they don't change. They just do the same thing over and over and over. They're very consistent Google searches. I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to use... a. Most people are trying to use AI the way they use a Google search. And that's a horrible analogy. That'd be like trying to use a car the same way you used to use a horse. It's a totally different tool. You get... We have to learn how to use AI to our advantage. Here's what I'm going to tell you. If we think there's been a divide in our country, the rich versus the poor, the next divide I've said is health. And I I do believe that's going to be a big divide. There are going to be people that eat the way we talk about. who are going to be outrageously healthy and everybody else is going to be sick. Well, who's going to have a better life? The people who are really healthy. AI. Right. Everybody's Mm going to have access to AI. But I don't mean in. they're not going to all use that access in the same way. Most people are going to sit back and wait for all the stuff they use to change, and then they'll just keep using it. But they could also fall victim to what I talked about earlier, really bad AI that was just designed to take advantage of you like humans can. Most people are going to be fighting that with AI. It's not going to be a pleasant experience for most people.
9: Yeah. But uh, it, let but, me ask you a question. But yeah. if
0: we're proactive and we go do the hard work and it's going to be hard work, it's going to be a lot of reading. It's going to be a lot of testing these things. If you do it, we're going to see people create experiences and things that ha- haven't existed before. Some people are going to do really, right, really that, well with
9: this. That's that.
0: So that's I, my question. I, let me I, ra- I don't want to forget it. this. Let me get this in real quick. OK, I'm going to get the numbers wrong because the numbers were too big for me to fathom. But I believe there's already a science fiction writer and I didn't recognize his name. I was reading a story yesterday in like 90 days. He wrote 30 new books. And in the last six <laughs> months or whatever, since he's had access to this writing tool, he's written over 100 novels. His plan is to just put them up online and sell them for a dollar apiece. Oh my, yeah. And there's, uh, from what I understand, well, they're uh, good. They're not junk. I'm sure. Right. They're actually good novels well, that you would want to read.
9: And this is where I think it could really help me because I I do have a, uh, have a disability where I can have it in my head, but I cannot type. I can't do a keyboard at any speed that would allow me to do anything.
0: You don't have to but anymore.
9: Can you go to these, to the chat deep GPT and do anything without having to code or do anything? Cause I just, I just not going to be able to do any coding, but hold on.
5: Will it be plenty for me to learn?
0: Not only do you not have to code, it will code for you if you want something coded. I, I, so I, I, you know, I'm involved in all of our technology. I wrote the original fuel gauges program. I wrote the original profit gauges program, but then it was way, way, way beyond my coding ability. And that's when we brought in Aaron. So Aaron and our, our programming team does all coding, all that kind of stuff. I don't touch any of that stuff anymore. Haven't in years, not even simple stuff like HTML. And um, I, I don't even do any of that haven't in a long, long, long time. I had Aaron on the phone the other day and I said, Aaron, I, I'm going to show you how powerful this is. <laughs> I, I just, from one of my tools, I coded a, a VAT, a value added tax calculator in about three minutes. And it was functional. I sent the code to Aaron. Aaron loaded the code onto a webpage and he could calculate value added tax. I don't know how to code anything like that. I've never known how to code anything like that. And I actually coded a functioning calculator that could be put on a website and it was working and it was accurate.
9: Yeah. Well, I I know I don't, you know, I'm not going to be doing that. That, You're way ahead of that to even know what it is. But uh, I just, I just need to help getting, getting certain things done. And, uh, and what do you think about it at, at the, at the homestead? I'm, You know, I've got a little bit of land and I've got some cattle and some chickens and I'm trying to get as sustainable as I can, you know, and, uh, what, would it, would it help me, um, uh, do some spreadsheets and, and lay out some stuff like that for the homestead?
0: Uh, yes and no. One, um, when we say, will it, Layout out spreadsheets. It could, but we're, we're way past that. That'd be like asking AI okay. if it could help our horse be as efficient as our car. <laughs> spreadsheets are dead. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll happen in the background, but we won't even need to know there's a spreadsheet involved anymore. AI, you'll just talk to AI. You're you're not going to sit there and have to go through column after column after column in a spreadsheet because that's what if AI built you a spreadsheet, then you'd have to go in and try to analyze all those numbers. Why not let AI do that and just tell you the results?
9: Let it. Okay. It's just okay. going to talk to
0: you. You're going to say, Hey, how's my, uh, how's, how are my finance? Once this all gets programmed again, you, you can't just go out and open up a webpage and say, how are my finances doing? Like there's some setup here, some work. So here's, here's about the only, cause I, I kind of sort of do homesteading. I mean, I, I'm trying to be as sustainable and regenerative and produce much of my own food and medicine as I can. And, um, the only use so far that I've found for AI out there, and it makes up for one of my shortcomings, I hate paperwork, documenting, uh, you know, so I, I've said it. My, yeah. my garden, yeah. my, my garden yeah. is chaos. I, I've got six varieties of peas growing five different ways, but I didn't label any of them. But you know what? AI can, I can take a picture of a plant and AI can tell me what it is. Go ahead. That's that's the. Well, that's use what I wanted to do was just yeah.
9: figure out what you know. That's it. Well, let me just throw in a quick uh, health deal, and I'll let you go. Um, sadly, we had a, a funeral this weekend. Uh, my 64-year-old cousin and um, her and her twin sister are both passed away now. Uh, thanks to our health care system and our uh, the jab. The jab and some boosters, and uh, and so and at the funeral, that's when you catch up with family members. And uh, it's been about a year since I've seen a lot of these people. And my gosh, half of them are coming in in wheelchairs and walkers and canes, and 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 a big portion of them were already dead. Uh, it, it is people just start eating some real food. Golly. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's that's all I can say. People, get some
0: there's There's just overwhelming evidence that this vaccine is really causing people a lot of health issues. And yet you're not going to see it on the mainstream media because all of that stuff is controlled by big pharma but there are too many anecdotal you know, stories of people who know somebody now who's had a stroke, who used to be really healthy, who's died, whose rampant cancers are all over the place again. People who never had a cancer diagnosis all of a sudden get cancer, it's stage four, and in three months they're dead. That All of these stories seem way, way, way too common to not be true.
9: I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I'm waiting to see what they put on the birth certificate, uh, birth certificate the death certificate at the uh, cause of death. Because when she died, they really, you know, they like, well, uh, well, uh, she went into the hospital uh, because she, she broke her wrist. And next thing you know, they were doing surgery, opening her up and said, oh, her whole insides are dead. They're just dead. There's nothing live anymore. She'll be, she'll be dead by in the morning. Well, why? Well, uh, uh, well, we don't know. She's dead.
0: Well, so, so something's wrong no. with this whole story, because if they open her up and everything's dead inside, there had to be symptoms. If your liver's dead, you'll be dead. If your gallbladder's dead, you can't digest fat. If your kidneys are dead, you're going to have kidney. I, there had to be, they, somebody's either using the wrong words <laughs> or they're just describing this wrong. I mean, the, the organs just don't die, and if they do, we would die along with them. Yeah. So I, I, I somebody
9: did. Um, well, yeah, I know, but I, I they know. said they opened her
0: up and everything was dead. That that's an incorrect statement. That's not physically possible. I don't know what they were trying to say.
9: Um, I, I I know. I'm just repeating what the uh, what they said. Yeah. And I, so it's it's sad and it is. But,
0: it is, and and like I say, it's, it's happening way too much to to think that it's just you know a conspiracy theory or it. it there's there's really something going on. Let's go to Oklahoma, Paul. Welcome. Howdy. What's on your mind today?
1: Um, I'm not going to give you a movie recommendation, <laughs> okay, but good. if it's if it's if it's a, if it's based on a true story, usually it's a better movie.
0: Hey, that's what, see, that's
1: what I'd rather look to See, if,
0: look you're gonna re- if you would recommend a movie, it's probably going to be something from New Zealand, and I'll have to read subtitles.
1: Words fast as Indian. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, uh, so, um, Brandy, if she wanted to watch the German movie, just get that app on your phone where it translates the language, and she could read the subtitles on a phone. <laughs> I
0: don't yeah. know. So. No, you're right. Yeah. I, there there are apps out there that would do this. There may be apps that we can just run the video through a website somewhere and, and make it so that, you know, we yeah. can actually listen to it in a real human voice. I mean, that's possible now that you, we don't need yeah. subtitles well, the, here. The, the, the AI is yeah. just going to recreate the movie in English yeah. with real human voices.
1: Because I talked to a guy the other day. Well, I tried to talk to him, but he didn't speak any English. Well, but he wait—he must have understood a little bit because he hang on, and he does something on his phone, and then he's held his phone up to me yeah. and asked a question, yeah. and then he read it. I, oh, oh, see.
0: I, <laughs> so, I, on OP yeah. Live, the the live cop show that I watch. There have been several examples of cops carry the, have these apps on their phone and they pull somebody over and they speak, you know, Estonian or something. And they've they got a translator on yep. their phone.
1: So, And then one other question, this is not for me, but oh, let, let the me, guy that it's directed let, to.
0: Let, let me uh, say, translators have been around for a while. That didn't require AI. Yep translators were simply just the same software technology we were using for like transcription. When I speak to my computer, it can type it. That was somewhat accurate and got better and better over the years. AI will revolutionize that. Here's an example. You know how some languages don't, if we, if we translate them literally the sentence really sounds goofy.
1: Like translating Museum in English to American English. Yeah, it, it
0: it would just be weird. And, and sometimes it is weird. Like the whole sentence sounds funny. Well, good AI what? won't do that. Good AI will translate it like a human would. It will actually substitute words. It will say, hey, you know, there really isn't a good version of this word in English. We'll use this one because that's what normal humans would say.
1: Well, I could I could say... And this will have two different meanings depending on what country you're in. I could say in this country, boy, that guy's pissed. <laughs> right. People knows what it, that means. But go back to New Zealand and say, boy, that guy's pissed. He's drunk. That means something totally different.
0: Is it drunk? Yeah. Yeah. But, That's what I thought.
1: Yep. Right. Yeah. It's a, yeah, exactly the same words, exactly the same sentence, said with exactly the same tone two different meanings.
0: So, yeah, so yeah. we decided we decided to shorten television to TV, but in England they chel, they call it the telly. Not the TV. Yeah. It's just simple even slang what's on gets. The telly. Yeah, yeah, what's on the telly? Chips. Chips. In, in yeah. England, they're french fries here. We call them french yeah. fries. They call yeah, them chips. Time. Well, wait a minute. What, first what what do we call potato yeah. chips then if you're calling french fries chips? Oh, we call those crisps.
1: First time I ordered a burger and chips over here, I got a burger and potato chips. So it's like, where's my... Uh,
0: French fries,
1: right? Where's my chips? chips? Right. I want, I want fries. Well, you have I, the chips. I just, oh, okay. Right. Right. You.
0: Yeah.
3: And... So I, if if you, another question...
0: If you want a cookie, you have to order a biscuit.
1: Yeah, or a scone. Right. This it's not a biscuit. Right. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> going down the rabbit hole. So <laughs> another, another question, this is not... This is not for me, but the guy's probably listening or he'll listen later. But someone that's in their late 50s that has not invested in uh, retirement or uh, the S&P 500, what should they do? Where should they? Because now they have they're starting to get money. What should they do? How should they invest?
0: So they need to invest. That's the big thing. If we want to, if we want our money to grow or, you know, we want to have more of it when we get to retirement, we have to invest it in something. So the biggest problem, the biggest mistake we make is not starting. And then when it is time to start, we are very, very limited on what we'll be able to accomplish. There is nothing I can do for a 53-year-old that will get them anywhere near what I could do for a 33 year old or a 23 year old, yep. time is the single biggest factor in investing, and it's the one we can't fix. I, there's, noth- yep. I, there's nothing. There's yeah. nothing I can do. If you if you lost 20 years, yep. I can't get the 20 years back. Now, so what do we invest in? I can't answer that. That's what. That's where we need a financial planner or really really good AI everybody's situation is so different that there's no way you can make blanket statements about that. But I can make the statement, there you go. the single most important factor is time. If you start tomorrow, that's better than starting next week.
1: Yep. Yeah, well, uh, I, I must have just fluked this one because when I was in my uh, late 20s, early 30s, I invested in a pine tree forest in New Zealand. So even my neighbor asked me, he says, how did you become so smart when you were a young fellow? I said, I don't know. It just seems like a good idea at the time. So I've got a plantation of trees in New Zealand. So Excellent. At least I did something right.
3: Excellent. So, yeah.
1: So. Okay. I got to go. I got to get a signature for him.
0: All right. Talk to you later. Thanks for the call. Okay, bye. Let's go to South Carolina this time. Tony, welcome to the program.
3: Morning, Kevin. How are you? Doing good. What's on your mind today? I forgot to ask Paul about his, uh, his tires. Uh, how are you going to ask Paul? Well, you know what I mean? Um, you and him have me from the last week thinking about, you know, when he said those low, uh, small tires and 1.9 gear ratios, uh, had me looking at equipment, uh, these past couple of days. And am I missing something there with, uh, with fuel economy and gear ratios, like it's like a 17.5 uh, tire, will that, you know, I'm looking at these, these low boys and, and the step decks and that that have these smaller tires. Does that give better fuel economy doing like that?
0: So when we get down to the really small tires, the 17.5s and, you know, even 19.5s, I, I, the honest answer is I'm not sure. I haven't done enough work because those are smaller segments and they don't have any choice anyway. For the most part, if we're using a smaller tire, there's a damn good reason why we're using a smaller tire and we pro- it probably wouldn't make sense to use any other size. Uh, there is a concept of the shorter the sidewall, the more rolling re- the, the more efficient it could be because it doesn't flex as much. The smaller and lighter the rotating mass, the more efficient it should be. But at some point, you know, we can't go to zero. You know what I mean? There's there's ways to make improvements, but at some point that improvement stops. At what size does a tire become so small that it becomes less efficient? I don't know the answer because I haven't tested it because I haven't seen the value in testing it. So, uh, and then when we look at all the operations that use these small tires, they're so unusual with aerodynamics, we can't make any comparisons there. So I don't know the exact answer to your question.
3: Well, you know, the answer to this, you know, when you get that good old boy, ah, 24.5 high and tall for oh, me, yeah, you yeah. get more mileage, yeah, right? Cause I get, um, I get that in theory where, you know, every turn is a little bit more distance. Um, is, is that true? Well, if like you yeah, get so, more mileage out of the so tire. L-
0: let me, yeah, let, let's make a quick analogy here. If I mm-hmm. gave you a popsicle that was 10 inches tall and two inches around, would it take you longer to consume that if I gave you one that was half that size?
4: Of course.
3: Uh, It would take us longer. My my chemistry degree doesn't afford me that answer.
0: Yeah, it would take us longer to eat the bigger popsicle. That's all the bigger tire is. There's more rubber there to consume. So, yes, it's going to last longer. I could give that advantage to a bigger tire. It's going to last longer. There's more rubber to consume. But that doesn't mean it's the best tire to put on our truck because... Fuel is really, really expensive. And we have to pay for fuel every single day. And if that tire is, okay, is horribly inefficient, the tire itself might last longer, but it might cost me a fortune. I don't want it to last longer.
3: Yeah, okay, I get the analogy now, finally. Um, do you want to know how long my Low Pro Super Singles lasted? Yes. Um, I know you have. I know you hate super singles, so just block your ears, everybody out there. But I do use the um, the Michelin, you know, X Energy ones, and uh, the one got, I think, right around 400,000 miles on the, I guess, the rear axle and the front axle. Never, never rotated them. Didn't need to. Uh, it was 430,000 miles. on those two tires on the front axle. I think that's pretty good.
0: Let's, let's do something here real quick. Um, do you remember what you paid for them per tire?
3: I missed that because I want to block out the noise. How much did I pay?
0: Yeah. What roughly what were they per tire?
3: Well, they were of course, uh, something like 1000 or uh, 1200. That was of course, Right, a, couple, a long time, many ago. years ago. Right.
0: Yeah, I know. That's the p- part of the problem with testing tires for their cost effectiveness. Is it takes us so damn long to wear two sets out to be able to compare them? We might even be onto a different truck by then. So many other things have changed that you can't make that comparison at all. Uh, it, my calculator doesn't even want to calculate that number. I'd have to figure out why I'm doing it wrong. That, the cost of that tire per mile is f- fractions of a penny. The cost of the tire itself at that uh, point becomes inconsequential. We can't even measure it in our operation.
3: Oh, right. As far it, it's as it's being... Be, well, I, I should be able uh, to do that math in better- my head.
0: It's almost like a quarter of a penny per mile. It's like point three, I think. Well, doing the math in my head, right? Yeah. But but what if that tire now cost you four cents a mile in fuel? Who cares if yeah, it's free? Well, you can yeah, yeah, give me these tires, and I'm not going to put them on my truck. If they were free, yeah. they wouldn't be a bargain.
3: Uh, tell me what I'm missing here is I always did them of course because when I first saw them I'm like that that looks just so cool there's no way they can haul the weight and then of course I heard they they do more but second you don't have to match the two up on the dual exactly. when one blows of course y- you just got to replace one where you're wasting tires it, when you blow one on a dual you got to match it up so you're buying two new tires anyway that and keeping the pressure even that's a pain in the ass. So I like it for those three reasons alone. Exactly. And it, there is no weight difference. That's a <laughs> myth. I, I didn't save like 100 pounds. I don't know why, but it's just from, from compa- uh, you know, matching the two up is why I do it.
0: So there, there was a talk of weight savings, but every time they tried to compare them, they weren't comparing apples to oranges. They would take a truck with 24-5 deep lug and iron rims and then say, if you replace these with low profile wide singles, it, it saves about 400 pounds on the truck, I think might have been the number. And it probably did. But if you're already running a small, low-profile single tire and aluminum wheels, yeah, you're not going to see a whole lot of savings by switching. But that's how they kept making that claim that you were saving 400 pounds per truck. Uh, They took the worst-case scenario and compared it to the best case.
3: Um, If I can switch, switch gears, do you have me beat on mathematics when you and Bruce talk about speeds and the rear axle ratio and the RPM, is there some kind of formula? And if if that's too much uh, skipping around, you, you can say, I thought we were talking about tires.
0: No. So are you saying, is there a formula to figure out gear ratios and speed and all that? Yeah. I have a calculator that does it. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know, I built my calculator like an algebra model. If if we have four factors total, yeah. give me any three, and I can calculate the fourth. And that's how my calculator works. You could give me speed, RPM, tire size, you know, whatever. Then I could say, okay, if we change the tire size, here's what happens to the RPM. So I can calculate it in any, okay. I won't any direction. But there. There is a calculator for doing that. Now the calculator is just a tool and somebody could run all the numbers they want through that tool. But if they don't understand how to spec a truck with the right gear ratio, the calculators don't do you a whole lot of
3: good. I won't waste people's time with that. I can, I can look that up myself, but do I need to know that formula for whatever reason, as a driver to operate this machine correctly. The only reason why I was trying to figure it out is I can't figure out which gear in this thing is direct. And I suppose that's the most efficient gear from what I'm hearing uh, from you guys. And I don't know uh, if it's 12th uh, or 13th, I'm going to guess 12th.
0: Let me correct something. There was a long time where if you listened to us, you would think that direct (laughs) was the most efficient gear. And in a lot of setups, it is the most efficient gear, but not every setup. And now moving forward with modern engines and modern transmissions, new options, that is no longer true. Direct is not the most efficient gear in these new modern setups. Overdrive is, but that's a... So now if you want to be really good at fuel economy... You should understand fuel economy on a mechanical engine because we still have some of those trucks around, and I do. We should understand fuel economy in the early electronic engines prior to emissions, and I do. And now we need to understand fuel economy in the new modern emission engines and new drive lines. And I'm learning quickly. This is a lot of people don't understand these new. Engine architectures and new transmissions available. And we don't have twin countershafts churning all kinds of oil now in overdrive. So now the difference between overdrive gear and direct gear in a modern transmission is only about 1%. Because of that, there are many times now where our most efficient gear, we can give up that 1% to be in overdrive because we pick up 3% in other advantages. So this, the fuel mileage game has just become significantly more complicated again. You can't, we no longer, you will not hear me say direct drive is the most efficient gear. Not not across the board because it's not true anymore.
3: Yeah. Okay. I still don't know which one it is, but now I guess I don't care. I'll, I'll just uh, let the truck use whatever gear it wants to. And, uh, that's pretty much all I've got.
0: Yeah. So when you say as a driver, do I need to know all these specs? No, as a driver, we can look at fuel mileage gauges today on the dash and have a pretty good idea of where we should be driving a truck.
7: I
3: did want to say, uh, too, though, I forgot to ask Morgan where to send those, um, those papers on the BPVV. I actually sent them to samples at less Friday or, or Thursday, or whatever it was. That's the vertigo thing. And, um, it's not an inversion table. You just sit on the edge of your bed and, and cock your head or something like that. But oh, okay, I'm Got pretty you. sure that's the wrong place to send it.
0: Uh, we can find it if we know it's there. It's, it's easy to go find.
3: All right, Kevin. Thanks buddy. I'll talk to you later.
0: All right. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Illinois. Mike, welcome to the program.
3: Is this, uh, are you looking for
10: Mike? Yes. Broke up there a little bit.
0: Yep, it's you. Hey,
10: um, uh, I I just wanted to tell you real quick, I'll open a bag of worms here. Um, The reason our rates are so high or so low is because you guys push those automatic transmissions. (laughs) We wouldn't have any truck drivers.
0: (laughs) I know, I know. Um you know, I, I I hear speaking of this, I hear a lot of drivers getting excited about California's going to require that there's a human being in an autonomous truck. Um I think it's another stupid California law. I understand that drivers yeah. don't want to be replaced by driverless trucks. I don't want drivers to be replaced. But honestly, do you know how bad of a job that's going to become? Yeah. Think about oh, yeah. it. here. Here's what being a truck driver is about to become with California's law that you have to have a human being in there. They're going to become security guards, basically. And that's a yeah. Main,
3: well, you know, me being think. an aer-
10: well, here's another thing. Me being an uh, an airline pilot, you know, the technology there over the years has gotten more and more. You used to have to do your own flight plan and all your planning and weather and all that, and get in right. the airplane, and do everything, look at a map. And then, it, then it, now it's, you just show up the airplane, you know, 10 minutes before, and initialize the computer and everything is automatically programmed for you. So you're just a the monitor there most generally, anyway, other than takeoff and landing. And even the landing, you, you know, my last <laughs> couple of years, I don't think I ever landed that. I just hit auto land all the time, you know?
0: I, right, I, yeah. But, like I said, and, the, the job of being stuck in an autonomous truck, What an awful job. (laughs)
10: Uh. And, and, you know, we used to every six months have to go through training, uh, to, uh, you know, safety training every six months for eight hours a day. Just, just to make sure that we remember why we use a checklist. And, and then after about five months you get complacent and stop not using it. Can you imagine them paying somebody minimum wage to be buying those trucks? Oh yeah, and we were paying. You know, I have paid three three hundred thousand a year, and I'd still forget <laughs> to do stuff. You know, because I get complacent.
0: Exactly. <laughs> you
10: yeah. know, right? I mean, can point. you imagine what, what it's going to be like? So, but uh, anyway, I was going to tell you a little bit about tire wear, yeah, you know, uh, on my truck. You know, yeah. last year I talked to you let, about let, maybe let, getting a new new Volvo.
0: Let's go back a second, because I just had a thought. Uh, any experienced driver. Do, would you really want that job? No. For one thing, it's going to require a huge no, pay no. cut. So even if you thought yeah. it was an okay job, you're not going to want it because it's not going to pay much. So what do we end up with? Right. We end up with people sitting in the truck that don't even yeah. know how to drive a truck.
10: That's exactly right. Yeah. And, that, and you're, you're going to start seeing that in the airline business, too. Oh. Now, I got out because I sold my half of construction business and I did you know financially real well, and I I was tired of that woke crap. I didn't know that's what it was back then ten oh, I years know. ago. Right. But that you know we went through a diversity training thirty years ago there. Yeah. You know. Right. I mean that's why that's why I said enough was enough. But uh, I mean I was going to be fired if you know because oh, yeah. I couldn't control my I, mouth. You know.
0: I know. I, I I have a little bit of experience with that.
10: Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> uh, but uh, No, no. I, I was going to talk to you about tire you know, here, I don't know, six, eight months ago before I went to Arizona, I, I talked to you about maybe, you know, getting one of them bubbles and finishing out my career. I just decided not to, just because I, I don't know, I just, I like my old truck, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but... Kind of where I super singles, and I remember Joe being on a website talking about slip reach and all that kind of stuff. And and I I got to thinking about all that kind of stuff. And sure enough, you know, I went from three hundred thousand miles on set of super singles down to hundred thousand miles on on the super singles. You know, especially on the drives and I'd rota- rotate them to the front. You know, because um, they wouldn't the lift axle wouldn't wear out quite co- so quick. You know. <laughs> Right well, I got to thinking about it and and I started hearing Joe talk about early, early on, you know five years ago I had that lift axle stuff and that adopted lift axle and things like that. What I did was was i I took two I bought two air pressure gauges that are made for outside, they've got oil in them, they're three inch in diameter, and I built a bracket back there behind my cab. And it's right right beside the regulator that regulates the differential between the front and the back axle. And you can you can operate the differential difference with a 916 inch wrench. So I run a pressure gate for my back axle airbags and one to my front axle airbags on my lift axle. And over a, you know period of time, I could I figured out weighing there's a scale by my house that that is, um, uh, will just weigh a single axle is all it is is a steel plant. Oh, yeah. And so I'd get loaded, and I'd go up there, and I'd sit there, and I figured out that 60 pounds on the back axle was 19,000 was 19, pounds over time away, weigh-in, and, and that was 60 pounds of air pressure. And my front axle was just fine at about 12,000. So now whenever I load, I load with my, my front axle up, and when I'm loaded, then I put the lift axle down and adjust that, Differential pressure to where the back axle is at 60 pounds and the front axle might only have 40 pounds in it. Okay, so and and I know my front axle is just fine, so I got 19 on the back and I might have a, I don't know what I'd have on the lift axle, but like right now I got 48,000 pounds on and I've got a 10 pound differential difference. But what it did was go from a hundred thousand miles to 170,000 miles,
0: 80,000 well, there, miles no, for my drive there, axle. There's no doubt that our homemade six by two was a great way to prove a concept for fuel economy. I wouldn't own one today. We, we now have adaptive lighting that right. is so accurate and is improving right. so much. My question, how often do you have to go find a scale to do this?
2: Well, I don't
10: have to, because I know my weights, and I know that at 48,000 oh, okay. pounds, which you have right. this load, I know that 60 pounds is 19,000 pounds on a back axle, and I don't care after that. I just make sure that that back axle is not is 60 pounds. Now,
0: I was going to say, we, and, could, you we know, could use like, there
10: you, might be a
0: those right-way onboard scales here, and we could get really accurate with this.
10: And, yeah, and I and I actually ordered that system and put it on my phone, a you know a, a thing to where you find out what your weights are and stuff. And I just finally stopped even using that because I know exactly what it's got to be. But but what I will do is I'll wear those those tires down to I don't know, I'll put 120,000, 130,000 miles on them, and then I swap them to the lift axle, and they're you know they're on them by the time. Because there's not hardly any weight and 50% of the time that axle is up. Right. Um, By the time the next tire, the next set of tires get wore down to 75%, those lift axle tires are wore out, okay? So now essentially, I've gotten 300,000 miles out of a set of tires.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great strategy.
10: Now, then I take, then I take, then I take those, then I take those, Lift axle tires, and I take another quarter inch of regrooving with my seventy-five dollar regroover out, and I throw them on the front axle of my trailer, which is a lift axle. It's up fifty percent of the time, and I use them back there. Yeah, so I even get more wear
0: out of them. Exactly. Great so that's just my little—that's
10: just my little eighth-grade education thought process that I went through. But uh, it worked me. for me. I also, yeah. had to put—I also had to put on the lift axle. I heard Matt talking the other day about you know it could be a problem, and uh, I also for tire wear, they don't row up there in Lafayette where I had it done. They don't have a shock absorber on that lift axle. I did manufacture some brackets and put a shock on there, which totally made every, all the difference in the world for tire wire. Oh, I'll bet. By, by you know putting shocks on
0: it. Worst right. case scenario, and I was glad somebody did this testing. We were really, really focused on rolling resistance, which is why we wanted the axle off the ground. They went one step further and tried to put trailer tires on their drive axle. 30,000 miles. Yeah, it didn't work. 30,000 miles. Yeah, I can
10: imagine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so in, in essentially, I always buy drive drive tires. I know I could put a trailer axle on that lift axle, but by rotating everything through all the way back to my trailer. Yeah. Now yeah. only will put those regroup tires on my lift axle on my trailer. That's the only place I'll put them because there's no toolboxes around them right. or anything. And in case they were to blow out, exactly, I can always Good. lift the axle. And I can get on down the road to someplace and I don't tear a toolbox or anything like that off.
0: Yeah, you've created a strategy much more nuanced um, because you're able to. You can track the numbers. You can figure out, does this make more sense? This is kind of where we're at on the direct drive overdrive. It's more nuanced than just saying direct drive is more efficient. That's changed. Tires are more nuanced now. We've got rolling resistance. We've also got wear and the the cost of the tire. And your idea of maximizing that casing by moving it around to different axles, it could be an excellent strategy. Most people don't have the numbers and the data to be able to figure out whether that would work for them or not. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, What do we got going on this week? Uh, Not a whole lot. No guests. No guests until the end of June. So fairly normal schedule other than me maybe moving some things around and testing out some new shows here and there and tweaking the schedule a little bit. So tomorrow will be the Power Hour Wednesday, Destination Health. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday we have spaces now on Twitter. Those are scheduled. I'll get those. uh, I'll get them scheduled today so you can see them and set a reminder. Other than that, fairly normal week. So we'll see you back here tomorrow. Be safe